When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome into this edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. My name is Barrett Salee. I appreciate you checking out this show. For those of you who have not caught up on all of these episodes, I urge you to go back, uh, watch, listen, wherever, uh, whatever you do, check out this show because this is a revamped edition. This is a restart from a very successful podcast I had back from 2016 to 2018 called SEC Smothered and Covered. We had about 1.3 listens in 2017, was forced to give up the show for reasons outside of my control, was not happy about it, still am not happy about it, but trying to build that back, build back that audience slowly and surely. And look, there are plenty of podcasts, plenty of YouTube shows out there regarding college football uh, I would like to be part of that rotation. Doing a great job so far. Really happy with the fan response. So if you like Josh Pate over at Late Kick, if you like that SEC podcast with Michael Bratton, who has been on this show already, if you like SEC Unfiltered, SDS, been on their show uh, last week, or I should say the week before, uh, whoever it is on three, we want to be a part of that because we, you deserve college football 24-7, 365. You don't get that right now. National media ignores it. They sit here and talk about who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James all day. And my response is, who the hell cares? You can't have this argument to begin with, much less every single friggin' week. And NBA is one of the most overcovered sports out there. College football, in my mind, in terms of national draw in this country, the most by far undercovered sport in the country. So we're trying to change that in a new media world and I really appreciate you checking this show out. Please hit that bell, subscribe if you're on YouTube, all that fun stuff. If you're on uh, audio, if you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever, subscribe, give us a chance, add us to your rotation. So there, there are a couple things that happened this weekend that I think uh, need to be addressed from a college football perspective. And look, they, they aren't necessarily college football related exclusively, but we do need to talk, to talk about them. I think the first thing is court and field storming. And for those who did not watch college hoops over the course of the weekend, we talked about this a lot on Sirius XM, myself and Roy Philpot on Sunday morning. Uh, Kyle Filipowski, potential top first round pick, was injured after Wake Forest upset number six Duke. And he was trying to get off the court and got run into by some players and suffered an ankle injury. Now, he it sounds like he's not done for a long time, which is great. So happy for that because when March Madness rolls around, we need to have the stars, right? So I got a lot to talk about when it comes to this. Uh, first things first, Screenshot Mafia, chill 
the F out. He did not try to, uh, to trip somebody. He did not see a student and target them. As somebody who has been involved in multiple field storms, the idea that in the heat of the moment, he could identify a threat, evaluate what he wanted to do, and then physically reach his leg out or throw his elbow out to cause damage, that's utterly insane. Sure, it, I, 100% it looks like it in a still shot or even that overhead shot. That's impossible. When you have 2,000 fans running directly at you and you have to go the other way, you don't have the time to evaluate everything that's coming at you. So if you're trying to blame Flip, you're out of your freaking mind. I've been in those situations. I have firsthand experience multiple times. You cannot run the other way and see everybody who's coming at you and then make a make a decision, have a concerted effort to try to trip one of them. It's not, it's not reality. So screenshot mafia. And look, this goes for screenshot mafia during football season as well. You cannot take one screenshot. You cannot take three screenshots like we see in holding calls all the time. It doesn't prove anything. You're an idiot if you try to do that and make a point because it's impossible for these players, for these fans to have a reaction like that. So with that disclaimer, I heard a lot of people this weekend say, you need to ban court storming. You need to ban field storming. It's already banned. Like, what do you want to do? Ban it again? That's it's utterly insane. You can't ban things twice because you already did it the first time to the point where these conferences put out six-figure fines that don't go away, that just keep going in perpetuity. Like it's What do you want them to do? Raise the fine? It doesn't matter. The fans don't care. Clearly, they don't care. Now, they could pass the hat with boosters and cover that fine. What do you think is going to happen if you up it to five Gs? If you up it to a million dollars, they'll still pass the hat. So this idea to ban court and field storming is not realistic. So stop with that nonsense. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So what's the next way to stop it? Roy Philpott and I on SiriusXM talked about this, and we had a caller call in and, and talk about this as well. And it's an idea that, in theory, I think makes a ton of sense. An execution absolutely cannot happen. And that is take away a home game. So let's just lose, use Tennessee and Alabama from 2022 as an example. That's probably the most, most talked about and most viewed court storming, field storming, baseball, whatever it is, over the last couple of years. So if you were to, to use this idea and spin it forward, that would mean that the 2024 edition of the third Saturday in October of that great rivalry will also be in Tuscaloosa after being in Tuscaloosa last year and being in Tuscaloosa in 2025. It would absolutely hurt the university. And I think something like that, where it affects the fan base as well, 
would resonate and I think would would probably impact these students, these fans, from thinking this is a good idea. The problem is it's a terrible idea because, yeah, you're hurting the school. That's the whole point of this, right? You're hurting the barbecue restaurant half a mile away from the stadium. You're hurting the bars where students go all the time. You're hurting the merchandise, folks, not only in carts outside the stadium, but in downtown. Most importantly, because this is going to be a huge financial problem, is you're hurting the hotels. And you can't have that because all of those hotels built around Neyland Stadium or Jordan-Hare Stadium or whatever, their revenue depends on college football weekends, basketball weekends to an extent, but mostly college football uh, games. Now, as a media member, I've tried to get hotel rooms in some of these cities, damn near impossible. Like a lot of times, if you go to Tuscaloosa, for me, for CBS, when I was there, they'd stick me in Birmingham because there were no hotels in Tuscaloosa. And the ones that were there that had availability were two night minimums and no joke, the ones that were halfway decent were over $1,000. And the ones that aren't halfway decent, no one would ever want to stay there. <laughs> there were a lot of other stuff going on that we don't need to talk about. So the hotel folks would really be hurt by this. And there's no way that can happen. Just zero chance. We'll talk about this a little more in just a second, but a reminder, this show brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations, 850-888-0515, coastalvibevacations.com. If you're looking to plan a vacation this summer, check them out along the Gulf Coast. They specialize in one, two, three, and four-bedroom condos on Okaloosa Island, just 10 minutes west of the heart of Destin. You want to go to Destin? You want to see the beautiful white sand beaches? beaches you want to hang out along the Gulf Coast? Okaloosa Island, a much better place for you. They got bars, they got water sports, they got everything you want in a vacation without 40,000 people coming in and invading a beach that is also and pretty much exactly the same. So Coastal Vibe Vacations, 850-888-0515, coastalvibevacations.com. All right, more about court and field storming. It's on the networks. And look, I worked for a major network. I worked for CBS. They had the SEC on CBS game of the week, the ultimate SEC game, the number one SEC game. So we've been talking about the Tennessee-Alabama game from 2022 because it's been the most notable game that has, has really involved a field storming or a court storming. What's the most iconic moment from that season? Is it Georgia winning the national championship game against TCU? No. No. Not at all. Is it Michigan? Or I'm sorry, is it Georgia and Ohio State in that semifinal where Ohio State missed a field goal wide left as time expired, as the clock hit midnight? Yeah, you see that a little bit. You see Stetson Bennett running around. You see, you see that occasionally. Is it the most iconic moment of that season? Nah. Not even for Georgia fans. Like, not even for Georgia fans. And they know it. The most iconic 
moment from that season, from a national perspective, was when the Tennessee field goal, that knuckleball, barely made it over the uprights, and CBS cut right to a shot from the drone overhead with those fireworks going up all around the top of Neyland Stadium. That's the iconic moment nationally from that season. Now, for individual fan bases, okay, maybe not. But from a national perspective, for the casual fan, that's it. You know why that happens? You know why they show court storming in March Madness? Money. Money. Everything's about money these days, right? You see those moments. Those moments that define college athletics. The passion that we all love about college athletics. And it's a, it's a microcosm of the joy we get from it. You know what that joy does? It sells advertising. It shows advertisers, hey, these people really care. I mean, really care. And they buy in. They buy in. It is all about the money. And if you think CBS is not going to show that shot or ESPN is not going to show that shot, you're out your damn mind. You're out of your mind. Plus, it's physically impossible, right? You got to do a head coach interview. If there are 50, 75, 100, 200 students all around that head coach, what are you going to do? Put a rope around him? No, it's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. So they have to sell those moments. They're what define the sport. They're what define college football. And I actually love that. The only way around this would be to tell those directors and to tell those networks, hey, treat this like a crazy individual, a drunk individual running around on the field during play where they just cut to players laughing or fans looking at it or whatever. You can't, you literally cannot do that in field and course storming. So my idea is this, normalize it. And Mississippi State fans and Clemson fans, you know all about this. We'll start with Mississippi State fans. Back in 2013, 2014, Mullen was still there. I can't, I can't remember the exact year. There was the Ring Responsibly campaign. And that was when the SEC officially banned, or I guess re-officially banned, because they, the, the rule was changed, to not allow artificial noisemakers, which means cowbells were not supposed to be allowed. The uproar in Starkville, woo, buddy. That was big time. It was big time. So Mississippi State agreed with the SEC to come up with the Ring Responsibly campaign, where they literally, fans went to classes and read through these rules to say, all right, you ring here, you ring here, you can't ring here, and we'll allow it. But if you mess it up, if you don't listen, they're gone. So the rule is, when the other team's at the line of scrimmage, and obviously with with new offenses, with no huddles, it, 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 you got to kind of guess a little bit as to when this happens. But when, generally speaking, players are going to the line of scrimmage or getting ready to play, the cowbells have to stop. And they've done a great job. Mississippi State fans, you've done a great job at this. 
And if you ever go to a game in Starkville, I mean, it's like swarms of bees just suddenly stop out of nowhere. It's actually really cool. So we know it's possible with fan bases. Even, even fan bases that take massive pride in a tradition that matters as much as those cowbells. Clemson does this. Meet at the paw. Every single game, fans go on the field. They meet at midfield or somewhere close to midfield. And a lot of times people freak out. Hey, you beat Wofford. Why are you rushing the field? Because they do it every game. And you haven't had an incident. I think it's been going on for 10, 12 years. You haven't really had an incident. I'm sure someone's rolled an ankle or whatever. But, you know, you can do that walking up the stairs in a stadium. Normalizing it works. Sitting there and saying, okay, in football, you're going to be allowed in the field. Got to let the other players out. You got to let the other coaches out. Give it two minutes. And tell these event staff members, these CSC event staffs or whatever your, your school contracts say, hey, look, have those guys talk to the fans. Put a rope up. Make it like a red velvet rope, like a nightclub. And have those people generally don't talk. They just look the other way. Tell them, hey, you know what? In situations like this, tell them, say, hey, we're going to put a clock up. We're going to put a timer on that clock. When it reaches zero, I'm going to remove this rope. You're going to go hang out. Be smart. Don't sprint. You'll be good to go. If some of your own players are there, you get to jump up and down. You get to use your phone. Do it for the gram and be good to go. Now, side, don't do it for the gram. Don't be one of those idiots that have their phones up all over the place trying to commemorate the moment. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Sidebar over. Do that be good in basketball you do it for 30 seconds whatever you have to let the players off the field because that is dangerous we saw this with Jermaine Burton a couple years ago in that Tennessee game and we saw it with Flip on the basketball court this weekend that would go a long way and like in situations make it known during the game hey you're not allowed on the field you're not allowed on the court until x expires on the clock now, in a close game, make it known even more. Of course, if you end up losing, it's going to go viral. Hey, you know what? It's funny. They thought they were going to win, and the fans were going to storm the court or whatever, storm the field. Okay, let it go viral. Who cares? After like the 10th time nationally, no one's going to care, right? That's how you do it. Normalize it with some stipulations, with some minor changes, and you'll be good to go. In places where it's harder to get on the field, like Athens and Tuscaloosa, they have a concourse on the bottom. It's relatively easy to get on the field. You just go through one of the four entrances and you're good to go. Places like Auburn where they have a giant wrought iron fence in between hedges, it's a little bit more difficult because people like to think they can just slide on through and then they drop like flies because they hit the wrought iron fence and hurt themselves. Tell, tell those fans, hey, you know, don't do that. Go in this little corner. You'll be good to go. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Very, very simple. Hey, check out our friends at Breaking Tea. BreakingTea.com slash smothered and covered. BreakingTea.com slash smothered and covered. You can wear the moment. This shirt right here, 4th and 31, came out about an hour after Jalen Milrow hit Isaiah Bond in the Iron Bowl in one of the most dramatic moments of the 2023 season. You can get it. BreakingT.com slash smothered and covered. Sign up for their newsletter because you'll see these shirts come out. 
And then use my link, breakingtea.com slash smother to end. Covered whatever you're, you're a fan of. You don't have to be an Alabama fan. They've got them for every college football team. They've got them for every team and basically every sport. I'm a Braves fan, right? I'm a Braves fan. They come, they come out all the time after every single moment, every single big moment. Plus, you have vintage shirts as well, like Andrew Jones and Chipper and all this stuff. Go to breakingtea.com slash Barrett if you want to get one of those as well. But you're a college football fan. That's what you care about, breakingtea.com slash smothered and covered. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, this Tennessee thing, this came out Friday night, had some issues with my knee, was a little under the influence of some painkillers, so I don't think I should do a podcast. So um, Tennessee, the ruling came down where the NCAA can't enforce NIL laws or NIL rules within each state. So basically what's that done? It's created a free-for-all, which to me is good. The free market is working. And I love that. The free market is working. It's not just the state of Tennessee. It's not just the state of Virginia, which is also wrapped up in this lawsuit. It's every state. You can use NIL inducements to get kids on your campus, to get kids on your your team. The collectives now essentially can become recruiting arms. Let's be honest. It's not that big of a deal. They do it anyway. This is not uncharted territory. They've been doing it from the moment NIL became a thing. They've been doing it from the moment college athletics became a thing. Just now collectives were created, and now they do it over the table, above board. Well, kind of above board. There's still stuff happening underneath. But still, it's not going to ruin college athletics. It's not, it, actually, it's going to make college athletics better. Because now you're going to see every player is going to know, hey, quarterback X is making X amount of dollars through X collective. I'm worth the same. I'm worth more. Let's go see what I'm worth on the free market. Cool. I love that. Now, does that do there need to be a few tweaks, especially with how this recruiting effort, this financial system works? Yeah. I think if you really focus on the transfer portal, then a lot of things will be a lot more streamlined. Essentially, the free agency period in every other sport would be the transfer portal. Look, I mean, I'm fine with that. If you've listened to the show, if you've watched this show, you know, for me, reduce the winter transfer portal to one week, eliminate the early signing period, and hell, make the early make the transfer portal. If you don't want to have it, the Monday after championship weekend and move it to January or even February. Fine. Do it. I know the academic side is involved, but I mean, honestly, the academic side, it's not part of this. Eventually we're headed to a, a situation in a, in a world where really these players only play for a logo 
on their helmets. They're not really students. They can be students. And I think a lot of them will be students because there are a lot of football players that have other professional dreams that understand that they're not going to be professional football players. They have to figure out something else to do. So they still will go to school. A minority of players would actually just avoid it altogether. But we're we're going to a, a, a situation where and a, and, and a landscape where they're just playing in theory for a college, not in college, which, okay, fine. It's not that big of a deal. However, what is a big deal? The NCAA keeps getting L after L after L. This is another loss in a long line of losses. The NCAA at one point lost to the United States Supreme Court nine to nothing. Do you know how hard it is to lose to the United States Supreme Court nine to nothing? There could be a proposal for free beer for all, and it would still be five, four, or six, three. Like that's how bad the NCAA is at, at this. It's another instance in a long line of instances where the NCAA outkicks their coverage, overstays their welcome. It's a completely irrelevant organization right now. And this idea that they thought they could retroactively punish Tennessee for breaking rules that didn't exist was a loser the moment it was drafted. It was dead on arrival. So good for Tennessee. Tennessee to me, and when this whole thing happened, I kind of equated it to what Florida State did with the Magnificent Seven a few years ago, which is a stupid name. But those ACC schools that were trying to force change within the conference. They let Florida State be their front man. The rest of the college football, the rest of college athletics, let Tennessee be the front man, and they were totally cool with it, and Tennessee was totally cool with it. That's exactly what happened here. And they got their, they got their news. They got their judgment very quickly. It's not going to ruin the sport. It's going to be fine. Bravo for Tennessee for doing this, and I tell you what, and y'all can save this clip and spread it around to whoever you want to. There are a lot of people in my line of work, members of the media from a traditional standpoint and members of the new media, and I've been both, that owe Tennessee fans a big-time apology. It's okay to have an opinion. But to jump to conclusions the way some of these people did was irresponsible and it showed a level of bias that is unparalleled. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of podcasts. And there's one that I watch. It's a political podcast. I'm not going to tell you which one. But I'll tell you this. Don't be first. Be right. If you want to break news, fine. You can do both at the same time. But you better be right. Because if you're not right and you're first, you're going to lose a lot of credibility. And there are a lot of people out there that jumped on Tennessee for this, that owe Tennessee fans, that owe Tennessee's administration a big-time apology. And you know who you are. You know who you are. 
That'll do it for this edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Now, this was not necessarily an on-the-field college football smothered and covered. I get that. There's plenty of time for that. We do this every day. Well, unless I have to have surgery on my knee. But we're, we're trying to do it every single day, right? And I appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching. Please subscribe. Hit that notification bell on YouTube or Rumble. Also, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube Music, whatever it is. Leave us a review. I'd like a five-star review. If you want to leave me a one-star review, totally cool with that. Make sure you write the review, though. Tell us why you hate the show. Give us constructive criticism. I would love that. So here's the deal. Five-star with a review or one-star with a review. Homework. Five-star with a review, one-star with a review. That's it. One or the other. And please let me know what you like or dislike. That'll do it for uh, for this Monday edition. Enjoy your Monday. We'll talk to you Tuesday unless I have to have surgery. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.